Good morning. Good morning. I'm Spencer Bros. I'm the lead pastor here at St. Stephen's. And what a blessing to be in worship with you today in this space or in virtual space. We gather together as the body of Christ during our time of worship today. This Sunday, we are continuing a series of looking at what it means to be fruitful for God's kingdom as followers of Jesus, as his disciples. Today, we turn to a parable that is not about uh, something that's growing. The last couple have been about growing things. Uh, this turns to something else. It's a parable found uh, among three in Matthew 25. Um, one is about the 10 bridesmaids being ready. Um, it's about the church being ready for the return of God. The third one in it is a passage we looked at not that long ago, the, the judgment of the nations, it is called, but I always think of it as separating the sheep from the goats. And today's text, um, parable of the talents, we know it. But it's not so much about the expecting the return of the Son of Man or of God, but how we live for God now. So Jesus says, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who received the five talents went off at once and traded them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you have handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you have handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Again, as I said, we're continuing a series looking at what it means to be fruitful of using the gifts that God has given to us as his followers, they produce things. We're meant to anyway. We're meant to be productive and fruitful, not simply for God's kingdom, but because we are a part of God's kingdom. First week, we looked at being rooted. Last week, about connected. Today, we're looking at cultivated, at using what God has provided us for the betterment of others and to produce more. In last week's text of Jesus and the vines, 
uh, as the true vine and we as the branches. In that story, the gardener is also a character, if you will, and that gardener is God who provides us all things, who provides us what we need. And in today's parable, that idea is continued as the master gives to his I'm going to say servants because it's a different understanding of slaves than as we might understand over the last 500 years or so. Um, but it's a different, uh, it's, a, it's a similar idea in the, between the two. The master provides for the servants. The gardener provides for the vine and the branches. This parable speaks to the idea of stewardship. We're in the, in the middle of our stewardship campaign, and this helps us to consider how we use what God has given us for the good of, of the kingdom, for the good of the church, for the good of the community. As I said, this parable is one of three in Matthew 25. It's a longer teaching of Jesus. But, th- but they, all those parables are, are focused on how we're living our lives now. Even though they're teaching about how the, uh, God's response upon his return to how we've lived our life, the thing to take away from it is not about the end of times, but about how we're living for God now. And Jesus uses this story, it's, a, it's like a play in three acts. Well, it's a very short play, but it has three acts. The first act is the master entrusting his servants with his property before leaving town. The second is, the, is about the, steward, the servant's stewardship of the property that he has loaned to them. And then the third act is the master's return. The first act, this distribution of properties. I, I always think of this as, as God's blessings, giving God's blessings, God's gifts to us and trusting us with talents. And I should, should say that in, as we read this word talents in Scripture, it's a, it's a translation of, it's not even translation, it's, it's a pronunciation of a Hebrew word that basically says talents. Jesus isn't talking, isn't, this isn't a parable specifically about our abilities, if you think of term of talents in terms of abilities. Um, that word is, is a form of money. It's actually a, a form of weight. It's a measurement of weight, and, but a weight of perhaps silver or something else. So it's talking about uh, physical wealth, but it doesn't mean it can't translate to other areas of our lives. I only say that just so just so you have that information. It's, I think that's interesting information to have um, as we read the text. I don't know why we've never tried to translate that word into something that in English so that we don't mix them up. But another, that's, 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 that's my own personal dialogue that runs in my head when I think about stuff. But as we look at this text, it does extrapolate to more than just financial wealth. It talks about our, our time. It speaks to our, our ta- it does speak to our abilities, our, our talent, and it speaks to our financial resources or our treasure. And about how none of it is really ours. It's all on loan from God. Everything that we have is on loan from God. I, I think about how we consider our stuff. When our girls were younger and, and they would talk about um, things in such a way that it was theirs. 
And I have to remind them sometimes not to be ugly, just being a parent, that it's not theirs. It's our, mine or ours, Lori's and mine, and we're letting them use it. It's a good parental thing to do from time to time. But God feels that same way about everything here for us. That it's all his, it's on loan for a little while. It's about being a good steward of God's blessings, of God's gifts to us. A steward is a caretaker, someone who looks after something that belongs to someone else and ideally returns it better than he received it or she received it. So that's the first act, is, is the distribution of property. The second act is our stewardship of that property, the use of those talents that the servants received. And each one handles them differently. Although the first two, similarly, they make, they make good use of those gifts. They put them to work and they, there is a return on their investment, so to speak. Yet the third one just plays it safe, keeps it, hoards it, hides it, so that he returns it just as he received it to God. We're meant to put these gifts to use for the kingdom. The very first sermon I ever preached was on this text. It's hard to go back and look at your early sermons. It's hard, so I didn't. <laughs> I haven't, I, I did maybe like five years afterwards, but it's been a little bit longer than five years. But I still remember one of the stories that I told in that, or at least much of the story, and I was not going back to have to read through my sermon to figure out the exact parts of this because I just, my, my ego couldn't handle it. So, but one of the things I shared in that very first sermon on this text was we had, Lori and I, we'd been married for just a little over a year, so we had boxes of stuff and we'd moved a couple of times already, actually I think three times by then, and um, so we had boxes of stuff and we were going through things and Lori had this awesome, this, had this box of this really awesome thank you notes or just notes in general, um, blank note cards to send to people. And, and Lori is a, fa a fantastic note writer. She's personal and she's intentional and she's got great handwriting. So it's, she, it's, it's, so she does it she, she, and she enjoys writing notes, but she didn't want to use these cards because they were just so pretty. And then finally, she, we were talking about it, and she's like, why don't I use these? <laughs> They're really nice, which is why I want to keep them, but it's a gift meant to be shared, and that was their purpose, was to be put to use. There's no point in hiding them in a drawer in the secretary, and just there's, they're there to open up and go, oh, those are pretty, but I'm going for the other stack of note cards. I think that's how God looks at us sometimes when we're sitting on the gifts that he's given to us, whether it is our time or our talent or our treasure or our availability, our ability, and the resources at our disposal. They're meant to be used. And as they are used for God's purposes, they're always multiplied in the sharing. And that takes us to the third act. The master shows back up, says, let me see what you got. 
And the first two get this wonderful response because they've put to use what God, what the master has provided to them. The third one, not so much. Not only does he, does he not return a doubled investment, but he doesn't get to keep it, even the single talent that God has given to him. God expects us to use what he gives us and to use it for the good of his kingdom. As we've been discussing stewardship in the context of our church life, we're also accountable, not just for the funds we contribute, but for how we've multiplied all the gifts that God has given to us. We're not called only to preserve those gifts, but to multiply them. And multiplication isn't always numerical. Sometimes it's, it's qualitative. It's this quality of life. We look back on the fruit of the Spirit and those aspects of who we become as God continues to grow within us and then through us. When we share love, it grows. When we offer peace, it spreads. When we give away kindness, it amplifies. And on and on and on. Because as we express those to others, they have a way of continuing to be expressed to the next person and the next person and the next person. Those gifts have a way of multiplying because we pass them on as we have received them, as we have experienced those blessings. Our stewardship also multiplies when we pool our resources together for the good of God's kingdom through the church, especially when we give with gratitude for God's blessings. And that seems like addition. I know it seems like we're adding to what we have. But in God's economy, that always ends up becoming multiplication. Because not only are we adding of our financial resources, but we're also adding of our time and our talents. So it, becomes, it gets multiplied for God's use, for God's kingdom, in the church, through the church, and into the world. Our giving is meant to be an act of gratitude. Last year, our text that surrounded our campaign was around God loves a cheerful giver. That's an act of gratitude in how we uh, give of our blessings. We're meant to be grateful for God's abundant generosity. Acknowledging that everything that we have comes from God and ultimately belongs to him. And as with the waypoints we talked about last month, generosity begins as an act that we have to think about, that we might even have to make ourselves do, especially when it extends to more than paying for our seat on Sunday morning. That's not what we do, but sometimes that's the mentality. I know that's the mentality I had growing up, especially in college. I, had, I worked, I waited tables. I think I told the story last year, but I'm going to say it again. I waited tables while I was in, in school, and I had a really good Saturday night. I dropped a whole $20 bill in the plate Sunday morning, and my friends on the left and the right of me were like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that's not even, that's not even a tithe or whatever I would have said in those days. I was paying for my seat, and I felt pretty good about the night before. It's meant to be an ongoing expression of our, of our gratitude. But as it begins with an act that we have to make ourselves do, 
it progresses to this holy habit of giving until eventually it becomes this way of life. It was true, it's true of our study of scripture, our acts of mercy, our service to others, of our prayer life and of our worship life. Eventually it all becomes a way of life, but it begins with this step of intentionality of making ourselves do it until it becomes this holy habit that becomes more. This year, the stewardship campaign was focused around the notion that the church isn't only an institution about right now, but one that is multi-generational. It, it lives on, it has come into the now from the past and lives on into the future. We recognize the foundations laid before while building for tomorrow. In honoring the past, as we enter into St. Stephen's 60th year of ministry, we reflect on the deep roots laid by the generations that have come before through their giving and through their living. Their dedication has enabled us to grow and serve in, in extraordinary ways. And because of their faithfulness, countless others have received and experienced the love of Christ. Now our ongoing ministries are like the leaves of St. Stephen's, offering shade and growth and comfort to our church and our community today. It's our commitment to reflect the love of Christ in this generation, but even providing for the future, looking ahead, planting seeds for what God has in store for St. Stephen's, both the known or at least expected and then the unknown. This relays the love of Christ to the strangers in our midst, to the next generation and whoever God leads us to serve. And it's also, as we consider our, our ministry together, as we look at our giving and how we, how we spend it, if you've received the mailing uh, that was sent out this week, we got ours yesterday. So I don't know how they came out during the week. Um, but as, if you looked at the booklet within it, we talk about how our ministry together in financial terms, not in line items, not how much we pay for utilities and, and not how much the mortgage is and, all are real things in our lines on a spreadsheet if you want to look at it. And all of it, oh my gosh. But we break it into five missional areas. All of those things fall within those areas, but we break it up into five worship areas. Worship being central as first to our congregation and the church community. And all the things that go into making, providing for our time together on Sunday mornings in worship and leading up to today. It doesn't just happen, things happen ahead of that. And then we consider how we're reaching out. Outreach is at the heart of this church. I learned that quickly, that upon the DNA of St. Stephen's United Methodist Church is a heart for the community, serving others. And so all of the different ways that we do that, not just in the things that fall under the outreach ministry, but all the different things that happen in the life of the church. We talk about uh, our mission together in learning, Christian education ministry that um, is not just for children and youth, but also adults and all the things that makes way for that to happen each and every Sunday or throughout the week for that matter. Our caring ministries, caring for each other, looking out for each other as we um, participate in this Christian journey of discipleship together and then equipping much of that is around the building around us. Without the building, the facilities, the, the things of the institution to be there, uh, it's hard to do what we do uh, 
and, and it's even harder to serve the community the way we do. And this includes things like preschool and, the, and boy and girl scouts and all of our outreach ministries that come from this space. Branching outward from worship and learning to caring and outreach and equipped by the buildings and ground that support our ministry. Each area of our budget is a commitment to receive, reflect, and relay the love of Christ to those within the church and those out in the community. And they will see it as we live it and as we lean into it. Next Sunday, you have the opportunity to return the commitment card that's in that package that you may or may not have received yet. U.S. Postal Service is what it is right now. We invite you to bring it back. And as we celebrate our gathered fruit, our gathered um, return of God's blessings to us, a portion returning to him. And as we consider all of this, it's about how we live every day, every aspect of our days, as if everything that we have does belong to God and it's on loan to us. It's about how we use our time for God's kingdom. It's about how we use our abilities for God's kingdom. It's about how we use our resources for God's kingdom. Living generously with all of that in every aspect of who we are. It's not just towards the church. It's about how we live in community with others. And even, and even strangers who we may never see again. God calls us to be generous because he has been so generous with us. As we consider all of these things and of the gifts that God has given to us, may we continue to be a blessing to others as God has blessed us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you said to Abram, who we know more now as Abraham, that you will bless him to be a blessing. We understand that to mean that you will continue that. You bless us so that we may not simply be blessed, but to be a blessing to others around us. Among your people and to those who don't yet know you or claim you as theirs. So that everything we are, everything we do is a blessing to you in building bridges from your kingdom to this world. That others might come to know and love your son. To accept your gifts of grace. And the transforming power of your Holy Spirit at work within us. So that it may be lived through us. That your will may be lived through us. We ask this all in the name of your son, our Savior, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.